Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Exodus, the first chapter. I'm still preaching in the series, This is an Exodus. And today I want to—I went over these verses before and preaching a previous message, but I skipped over a lot of it because it wasn't part of my focus. But this morning, I want to focus on these 14 verses um, in Exodus, the first chapter. And I want to kind of pull out some nuggets and some truths. And I want to give you this subtopic, deliverance is in the air. Deliverance is in the air. It behooves me as a pastor in this season and this time to make sure that I'm raising your spiritual awareness and acuteness to what God is doing prophetically in our lives. All right. And to be honest, it's even extremely more difficult to hear God when you're experiencing natural effects and natural impacts. I don't know if you ever been in a place where you lost a job or didn't have money or you you was about to be evicted or you was dealing with pressure in your body. It becomes even more difficult to pray, to worship. Not saying that is not possible because we all have testimonies that we press through. But the truth of the matter, it becomes more difficult to please God or to serve God when we're under pressure. And so I just believe God wants me to raise your prophetic awareness that deliverance is in the air let's start reading at verse one and i'll kind of pause through my reading and do some teaching and preaching and i don't believe god's grace will be with me uh, to preach too long this morning uh it says in verse uh, one now these are the names of the children of israel which came into egypt every man his household came with jacob reuben simeon levi judah issachar zebulon benjamin dan Naphtali, Gad, Asher, and all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls. For Joseph was in Egypt already. As, each, as uh, this first chapter lays some foundation for where we're about to go, it starts to tell us that there were some people who had went into Egypt following their leadership and their dad, Jacob. And they came into Egypt and there were 70 souls. And so we pause to talk about 70 so we won't miss how significant 70 is. All right. 70 has always been a significant number. First of all, after the flood, the world was repopulated through 70 descendants of Noah. The book of Jeremiah talks about the Israelites were exiled into Babylon for 70 years. Even Jesus tells us as believers in Matthew 18 that we should forgive 70 times 7. That 70 term or connotation as a number is very significant. Moses even appointed 70 elders of Israel and brought them to the tabernacle of the congregation. Moses took 70 elders of Israel together with Aaron and his sons and they went up to Mount Sinai. All right. And so 70 has always been a very unique number. Even in the New Testament, Luke, the 10th chapter, there are 70 disciples that were sent out by Christ on a training mission. Besides the 12, there were 70, 70 that Jesus had trained. These were not necessarily apostles, but these were just men and women of the faith. And he had sent them out and taught them how to preach and care for people 
people as it relates to the gospel. This number 70 is significant. It also represents a larger remnant to carry the will of God. So I first want you to understand that if God's going to bring deliverance, God has to have a, a remnant. The truth of the matter, God doesn't need everybody. Now, I know that we love everybody and we want everybody and that's a good heart. I dare would not preach you away from a heart of inclusion and loving of people. But let me tell you something about God. God just said, if I can get two or three, I'm good. If I can get 10, if I can get 15, if I can get 70, I can move forward. And so God uses 70 to establish a righteous remnant. What God needs to start any revolution, any renaissance is just a remnant. He needs to set aside people who will go ahead of everybody else. And so if you're waiting on the crowd to be used by God, if you're waiting on being voted in by everybody to be anointed, if you're waiting for your best friend to tell you you look good, you may not ever go forward with God. God is a God of a remnant. He will take a small number sometime out of the populace and say, I'll put my hand on you to set and to establish something new. And so when, when I start talking about deliverance in the air, don't start looking for everybody to recognize that deliverance is in the air. I'm talking to those like Jesus would say when he would preach and walk the Damascus roads or the roads of Judea. He would say this. He would say, he that has an ear, let him hear. Now we know that everybody that Jesus was talking to, Elder Ezekiel, had an ear, but everybody with an ear on their head don't have an ear in their heart. And Jesus will talk to people all the time about having an ear. And I want to know in this season, is there a remnant in the midst of all the pandemic, all the foolishness, all the wishy-washiness, and all the other things that's happening in our world will even affect it for, from just a few miles over here to the east on Brusenwick, Georgia, what's happening to the Arbery family. We're, we're, we're experiencing tragedy after tragedy. Are, are y'all paying attention? to the news? Are y'all hearing about the locusts? Are y'all hearing about Michigan flooding? You hearing about that Michigan, parts of Michigan, the dams have collapsed? Uh, isn't that something? I remember when Utah uh, early on when the pandemic was early set around February, March time, uh, around that, that timetable, they were telling everybody to stay away from each other, social distancing and then Utah experienced an earthquake and the same people you told not to touch everybody now had to get out and work together and pick up the rubble and figure out how to move. I'm telling you, you better be able to hear God in the midst of this season because there's calamity coming after calamity. But God needs a people. Lord have mercy. I felt like the preacher that be up late at night. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you wake up one o'clock in the morning, God, God needs a remedy. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll leave him alone today. But God needs a remnant. I had to call you and wake you up this morning. God needs a remnant that can hear him in the midst of all the chaos. You ain't saying nothing but when trouble is knocking on your door it takes a greater focus to hear God when things are acting funny it takes a greater focus and I want to stress to you this morning <laughs> that you got to hear God you got to be a part of this remnant and so I wanted to first focus focus that God needs a remnant 
God needs a remedy. All right, God needs a remedy. Verse, verse 6, and Joseph died. So the person who started uh, and went ahead of everybody. So let me pause. Joseph had the dream. All right. And so Joseph had died. The dreamer had died. So Joseph was the dreamer of the first move into a break deliverance. He was the dreamer. He began to dream of what God can do. And Joseph died and all his brethren, all that generation and all the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them. Now from the ministry, if you pause and let me say it like this, from the ministry of Joseph having a dream suffering because of the dream being separated because of the dream being put and sold because of the dream going through scandal in Potiphar's house because of the dream he's being processed in order to be a deliverer so there's no deliverance in the air until we first got a deliverer in the atmosphere there's no deliverance in the air unless we have a deliverer in the atmosphere and so you got to have dreamers who move from just being a dreamer to a deliverer can I pause I feel like taking shortcuts today and jumping a few fences and running through somebody backyard and getting home a little faster than I normally do y'all don't know what I'm talking about but if you grew up in the neighborhood sometimes you just didn't walk around the whole block to get where you gotta go you would jump a fence and go through the alley and get where you gotta go and decide what yard you gonna go in that's safe to go in lord help me and you said i ain't going that dog that yard they got a doberman pincher i'm gonna go in that yard over there yeah and i will get where i gotta go i feel like jumping some fences this morning but you can't just be a dreamer you gotta be a deliverer what makes you a difference between a dreamer and a deliverer a dreamer has to dream but the dreamer becomes a deliverer when he starts passing on what God has given him. Joseph have now impacted these people through his wisdom and through his leadership. So let me pause to say again, it's not good enough for you to have a good dream. The measure of your dream is based on how many people you impact. It's not good enough for you to have big ideas. Your big idea got to bless me sooner or later. Your big idea got to have to help some family sooner or later oh it's wonderful that you got a big dream but how many people are going to be rescued because you've been dreaming how many people is going to be saved because you've been dreaming how many people are going to have comfort because you've been dreaming you will still be a dreamer uh, if you just thinking of high lofty things but the moment your dream moves into the hearts of people you have now become a deliverer Joseph not just the dreamer but the deliverer had died but he did not die before he passed on legacy is right there in first is verse seven and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them the measure of a leader and the measure of a leader is based on who you can develop 
You measure greatness by development and what they pass on and leave in the earth. And so deliverance was a passing on seed from Joseph to the rest of the generations. This is who our God is. This is what we can do when we come together. Watch this major um, deliverance take forth. Here it is, verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. So now there's a new king and he don't know Joseph. He don't know his legacy. Um, he, he don't pay no attention to what Joseph did. And um, uh, Joseph's legacy has kind of faded out. It seems like there's a gap between the next deliverer. So Joseph uh, brought deliverance and brought the people um, uh, to, from the famine into Egypt where they had plenty through his strategy. But now the people need another deliverer. I believe prophetically that the earth is crying for deliverers. I believe the earth, you can't fall down right now. You can't complain right now. You can't just go and hide right now. The earth is crying for deliverers. It's crying for people who going to stand up, have wisdom and grace in this environment. There arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, and he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, is his strategy. Let us multi lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when they were fought, when they falleth out, any falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, so get them up out of the land. So because of fear of being dominated by the children of Israel that they was going to overtake them in the midst of battle, he says we got to get them out of the land because I recognize that when I look at these people, now I need you to observe this. Uh, the Egyptian Pharaoh says, now I see Egyptians and I see Israelites. But when I see Israelites in the world, they are different than the Egyptians. Because some type of way, although they're in the same environment like us, they are stronger than we are. Same environment, but stronger. In the world, but not of the world. Same environment, but they're stronger. He says, when I look at these people, how they behave, how smart they are, how much wisdom they have, they are mightier than we are. Listen, verse 11, therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasured cities, Python and Ramses. Let me pause again. I know we're now starting to see the pain of Israel. And when pain comes into our lives, we still miss promise and skill set. We see pain now. All we saw when we read verse 11 is now what they have to go through to be what God wants them to be. Let me say this, people of God. If you always only look at one aspect of what you're going through, which is the, the pain of it, you're going to miss the other side of it. Right in verse 11, it tells us something else about these people. The fact that they were afflicted is one thing, but the fact that they could work under affliction is another. When you are afflicted but still can work. When you are afflicted, Lord help me. When you are afflicted and still can build a city. 
it says while they were afflicted, they still had something left. I'm trying to tell some of you that you're in the process of deliverance, but God has to deal with your mindset about what you're going through. You're only looking at the pain, but you're not looking at what you still can produce while you're under pain. Let me say this, fast forward this. If you Once you come out of this, if you can produce and build treasured cities while you're under hard pain, imagine what you can do when this thing is over. These people were able to build while they were afflicted. Now, I'm not trying to highlight um, that you ought to afflict somebody and neither am I trying to ignore that they are putting God's people in slavery. So I'm not trying to say by any means to be very clear that slavery is of God. All I'm trying to say that in the midst of evil, God can still be sovereign. In the midst of wickedness, God can still be blessing you. In the midst of persecution, God can still be favoring you. In the midst of scandal and lies on your name God's favor don't necessarily stop because the enemy is trying to trap you in the midst of their affliction they are able to still be skillful let me tell you part of your deliverance is to keep be able to work under pressure part of your breakthrough however you're gonna get a breakthrough come on you can't carry a baby nine months and then get in the delivery room when it's time to push and decide I'm gonna quit when it's time to push no you can't that child so you can push that child out and there are times in the processes of life you have to push while you're in pain you have to produce while you're in pain we would love to only produce when everything is wonderful and we sometimes take ourselves out of God's divine sovereign process because we're in pain we want to quit because we're in pain we want to resign because we're in pain. We want to resign because somebody at work didn't treat us right. You ain't said nothing till you had to learn how to go to work with a smile on your face and know those people don't like you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Know those people trying to trap you and you still can't quit and still ain't going to resign all the time. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But I'm just saying in life, if you're always quitting because of pain, you're never going to develop because development happens in darkness. Development happens under pressure. I ain't said the pressure had to feel good. I didn't say it can be very evil concupiscence. People could be coming against you with all type of evil ways, but God in his sovereignty can develop you under pressure. It's amazing to me that these people got enough left after all the burdens that they can still build a city. I don't know what y'all talking about. Now this is something to reckon with. This is some people to deal with. They can take a licking and keep on ticking. They can deal with it and keep on going. And I'm not trying to say I feel like hugging somebody for right now. Let me hug you with my words. Let me hug you with my words. I felt you. How I felt you. Oh, Pastor, you don't know how I feel. I, I, I maybe don't, but I know you can't quit. I, I, I maybe don't. I'm not going to always tell people I know how they feel, but I can empathize that you feel pain. But after I finish hugging you, I'm going to tell you, you can't quit now. I know you're going to have to hold, if I have to hold your hand, if I have to encourage you to, to hold on, you may have to do that. But you can't always quit because pressure is on your life. The truth of the matter, great things are made through pressure great things are made through affliction and I want to show you what happened to them while they were afflicted I know you tried to skip the process but I'm trying to tell you God uses some of the most obscure things to bring forth deliverance here we go uh, in verse 12 but the more they afflicted them the more they multiplied and grew they were grieved because of the children of Israel now listen to this now 
every time they put more on them, it seemed like it induced more greatness. Every time they afflicted them. See, sometimes you can't tell, you can't really test or uh, tell or discover your value until you've been put under pressure. Look how valuable they have now manifested because the more they afflicted them, they grew. Let me tell you something about affliction. God even understands somewhere in the life of a believer that when we go through, our faith is developed. God understands when we go through trial and our trouble and we trust them in trial and our trouble, what, what it actually does to our faith, it stretches our faith. It stress, stretches our capacity. And I'm trying to stress to you, some of y'all this morning, uh, that, that the more you was afflicted, you grew. You know people looking at you now and say, Joe, Pastor John, I don't understand why you got so much patience. Let me tell you why I got so much patience. Because when I wanted to go, God says, stay still. When I wanted to quit, God said, don't you dare throw in no towel. Hallelujah. And I might as well preach to some of y'all so y'all know before I got here and was a pastor, I've been through some church hurt too. I've been through some church hurt. Hallelujah. Everybody talking about church hurt and we ain't seen them in years. Hallelujah. Well, come on, God. I'm a testament. Go and put me on a poster then. Since we, everybody want to talk about church hurt, ain't never been nowhere. Ain't never been back. I ain't let nobody run me away from the house of God because they foolish don't know how to help talk, control their tongue because I ran up on somebody who had a bad day in church. That ain't going to keep me from serving the Lord come on now I'm still here I'm serving the Lord and I ain't mad and I ain't hurt because hurt people hurt people I'm free come on I don't got over that kind of stuff I don't forgave them I don't use this pulpit moment to preach on them every every once a month let that pain arouse in me come on you got to get delivered from your process come on you ain't the only person that been offended at work you ain't the only person who been scandalized but can you be processed through that thing will you elect affliction worked for your good they stayed there and affliction made them stronger I don't know about you I, I just think that's phenomenal that they grew by affliction the more they went through and they stood up against the test they continued to grow now I don't know if I was on the Egyptian side I would have left them folks alone every time I put tasks on them and they go ahead and multiply the multiplication factor of our lives happens when we're under some of the most excruciation excruciating pain of our lives sometimes the thing you can't avoid is the thing that God will use to process your strength he will use to process your value and these people were able to produce um, uh, they grew listen to this is what I wrote down they grew while they were afflicted you know sometimes people being afflicted they pause put the pause button on grow I ain't growing right now you don't know what kind of pressure I'm under I ain't growing no I'm under too much uh, mm. I'm going to cuss everybody out every time I see them. Somebody say something wrong to me, I'm going to cuss them out from A to Z. Because you don't understand the pressure I'm under. And people allow pressure to give them excuses from development. Development of character. Development of integrity. Uh, come on, going through is not an opportunity for you to become unethical. Come on, I should steal. I should, I should steal. I should uh, rob somebody because you don't know what I'm dealing with. No, you should develop some character right now. You should develop some attributes of faith and holding on because you're going through. They grew while they were afflicted. They also grew because they were afflicted. They also grew in spite of being afflicted. It didn't matter if they was in it. It didn't matter because it was because of it or in spite of it. They grew in affliction. My point is here tonight, uh, today, that you, if you can stand the test, you can pass it and move on to the next level. If you can, if you can, if you can maintain character under affliction, 
It's a sign that deliverance is in the air. It's a sign that your environment is about to change for the greater glory. When you can stand up under the pressure, these people stood up under the pressure. They made their lives, verse 14 said, they made their lives filled with bondage. They made them make a, a brick out of straw. It doesn't matter what they did to them, they kept on multiplying. God is trying to make sure you are still on course. I'm telling you, deliverance is in the air, for people of God. God's trying to deliver us, some of us, from our attitudes. Deliver us from our perspectives. Deliver us from our inconsistency. Come on. Inconsistency. Come on. God's trying to give some of us a press. Be on it. Come on. Some of, God wants some of y'all to be proud of yourselves. God want to see some of y'all turn around and say, when I look at what I've been through, I always talk about this situation I've been through with my family. I had a real close family situation. And you don't know, some of you may not know pain until you have to go to court with family. And you have to fight family in court. Hallelujah, blood relatives. Boy, that thing hurt me to my core. Nobody want to take that. Nobody want to lawyer up on family. But I sure did. Got me a good one. And I had to lawyer up. I prayed about it. I said, God ain't want to do it. God said, you got to go through this. I couldn't believe that thing. I, I couldn't believe that thing. And then after all I've been through, I forgave the person. I'm free today. Hallelujah. I forgave them. all the bitterness, all the lies, all the stuff they told. I'm free today. Hallelujah. I'm not holding no grudges. I don't look at no other people like I can't trust nobody. Hallelujah. I ain't, I ain't scared to develop no relationships and no friendships. Come on. I'm not hindered by the process I've been through. It toughened me up. It toughened me up to face what I had to face, to deal with what I had to deal with. And then after it all, dusted off my, my back and say, you ain't going to hold me. I'm not going to be in bondage because of what I had to been through, been th what I had to go through i'm trying to stress to you today that deliverance is in the air it starts with the people being determined it starts with the people being developed and it starts with the people having a dream you got to have a dream you got to become a deliverer you got to be developed you got to be determined if you have these things in your life i believe deliverance is in the air that means that you're in the process well you're going to see god bring you out but if you start to complain and pout under affliction and that pouting and complaining leads to quitting. Unnecessary resignations. Unnecessary. I'm not saying there's never time to shift. Because there are times to shift. But I'm saying shifting because you can't deal with pain. You will find yourself moving from pain to pain. Because you think pain is just over here. <laughs> and you say, let me exit pain. And then you go to something else and find out pain over there. Then you say, let me just get away from crazy people. Then you say, let me get away from because they were crazy. Then you go somewhere and God starts teaching you. You're going to have to learn how to stay happy with crazy people all over the place. You're going to have to learn how to live. You have to know how to put up your own boundaries. You're going to have to learn how to live in your own scope of, of life. Come on. You can't live sad every day because people around here doing all kinds of things. You can't let everybody disturb your joy and disturb your peace. Somewhere you got to protect what God has given you. Somewhere you got to maintain that God is with you. God's going to carry you out. And I just believe that these people had received the ministry of Joseph. There's no way they would have been able to deal with that affliction and keep on growing. Keep on multiplying. I think it's amazing. But it teaches us a mentality of how you can grow through anything. I hear every people, I hear people sometimes say, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. And I'm good. I'm a good listener. I try to be at least. And I say, tell me what you've been through. But after I hear what you've been through, I want to know what you got out of it. To go through something, that don't mean nothing. That just means you're a survivor. And that's a praise. And we can hug you for surviving. But are you better from it? Are you wiser from it? 
You can tell me stories of what you've been through. That's okay. There's a side that we can hear and we can be empathetic. That's good. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that. But there's another side that says, I'm better from it. I'm wiser from it. I'm stronger from it. And that is the sign that deliverance is in your life. That God is processing you for something greater. God wants me to raise the prophetic awareness in our church. That in this season that God wants you to know that you can handle this. You're not going to back down. You're not about to have no nervous breakdown. Come on, lift your hands. I'm about to declare it right now. You're not about to go in depression. I drive depression out your system. By the word of the Lord, you're not about to have an anxiety overwhelm you. You are not. God's grace is going to be sufficient for you. God's going to supply you. You're going to be anchored. Your soul is going to be anchored in joy and in faith. In service to the Lord. And you're not going to break down in this season. If there's going to be any breaking, it's going to be breakthrough. I declare now to prophesy to you today that deliverance is in the air. God is working us through this thing. God is processing us through this thing. God is teaching us and training us how to reign under pressure. So Father, I decree and declare your word as I release this today to our hearts that deliverance is in the air. It means that we're in the motion, in the process of becoming better people for you. Stronger people for you. People of character and integrity. People of faith, hope, and love. People that can keep on ticking even though things have been coming against us. We are your people. We are a remnant in the earth. We're not perfect, but we are being perfected. I said we are not perfect, but we are being perfected and we will not back down. Oh my, we will not back down. Hallelujah. We will not back down from the process all because we're not perfect. We're still in the game. I feel the Holy Spirit. We're still in the game. We're still learning. We're still strategizing. We're still picking ourselves up. We haven't quit. That's the most important thing. We're still in this thing. We're not perfect, but we are being perfected. And deliverance is in the air. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you clap your hands and thank God for the word? We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.